people of Earth. We have come to upgrade your cosmic consciousness. DNA activation ready in 3, 2, 1. Hi, welcome to Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. I'm Craig Anderson. And I'm Lou Quinto. Lou, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Craig. How about you? Well, you know, I can't complain. No, your but... Gators are 2-0, and right? Well, who knows? By the time this airs, we may be 5-0. <laughs> you, you, you may be on your way to the national championship game. <laughs> we could be winning a national championship by now. It's hard to say. Yeah, let, let's just say I doubt it. <laughs> edit that out. Yeah. All right. So, Craig, what are we talking about today? Today, Lou, we are talking about how to have difficult conversations in the workplace. What do you mean by difficult conversation? Those difficult conversations, performance conversations, I need you to do something better. You did this incorrectly. Or, you know, one of my favorites is, you know, you can't wear that to work. Always want you can't wear that to work. This obviously was pre-COVID. Yes, yeah. Well, you know, you don't want people to stand up during their Zoom meeting and see their shorts or boxer shorts. (laughs) Well, that's that's happened too, and even worse for some some very impressive lawyers that work on network television. (laughs) So, yeah, but difficult conversations in the workplace. We always have to go through and have challenging conversations or for some, you know, some people it's very easy. That's what I was just going to say. Difficulty is in the eye of the beholder. It is, but that doesn't mean you're doing it right or doing it well. It might just mean you don't feel too bad about it. Right. But that doesn't, you know, there's two people in that conversation and the win-win is where everybody gets something out of it. And sometimes some people are just very easy to say, don't wear that anymore or you're fired. And they feel like they've really crushed it and really had something go real well. So that's kind of where we're at. So let's talk about it. What are some of the other, what do you think these conversations are that are challenging for people? Well, obviously you've gone through, you've got performance uh, conversations, which are are, are usually the most difficult. Uh, With performance would uh, be um, teamwork conversations people aren't collaborative or they tend to shut other people down it's kind of like a performance but it's it's more of that day-to-day activity that's going on uh missing deadlines they're all that's performance too craig i think most of these difficult conversations are around performance except for your example of attire (laughs) Yeah, but sometimes that's just as bad. So you know, what we want to talk through today is, you know, when I work with my clients, a five-step framework for how to have these difficult conversations. Because I find for a lot of people, if you don't feel comfortable as the manager or the leader having this conversation, it's a little easier if you have a template to follow. Right. A, all, a template is always advantageous. Yep. I wish I could say I was so good that it spelled something. But it doesn't. It's just five steps. So there's no way to for quick recall of memory. No, let's see. Where where am I in this five step? Okay, bye bye. (laughs) Yeah, no, you've got to make. You've got to learn it. You reserve it for memory. That's how we make. Because you know we don't do that easy stuff around here. So all right. So let's talk through them. So we'll go through them one at a time. Okay. First one. Be timely. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's got to happen in the moment. It, it, it goes back to any performance issue. You got to catch people doing it. 
because yeah. once it goes by, people forget. I, I just, I, I brought a, a new, adopted a new dog and uh, thank God I've had no issues. I've, I've, I've really hit a home run with this dog. His name is Dane. Uh, he's three and a half years old. Haven't had any accidents in the house, but you know, when he does something, if I don't discipline him immediately, he can revert back to those old behaviors. So it's, it's always like I say, if you're training a puppy, you know, you got to catch them pooping on the floor because if you do it two hours after they pooped on the floor, they don't remember pooping on the floor. Employees are the same way. <laughs> they're, they're not pooping on the floor, but things happen. They forget or even worse, the perception or the image of what happened changes in their mind. And mm. so timeliness in that difficult conversation, it's got to be in the moment as soon as you see it. Well, and I, from the other side of that, the employee perspective, I'll never forget. I had, it was early on in my career and I did something probably ill-advised during a, during a visit with my boss to a client and didn't think anything of it. I was a little embarrassed. I knew I did it and a little embarrassed about it, but you know, he didn't say anything. I'm like, okay, well, got through it. Months go by (laughs) and we're in San Diego at a conference walking to dinner and he looks at me and he goes, Craig, you know, that time you did that, that really concerns me about your ethics in the workplace or something. And I'm like, what have you been thinking about me for the last four months? Well, see, and that's what that does. It's how long has he been uh, dwelling on this? and didn't confront you with it. And worse yet, I mean, I know you, I know you're ethical and everything, but what if it was someone who was truly unethical? How many other times could they have done that then with other clients or other customers that would have made that situation even worse than it actually was? Yeah. And really all I did was use my upside down reading skills to see something. It probably wasn't the most ethical thing I'd ever done, but it was 27 (laughs) Yeah, my brain hadn't fully developed. I I didn't know that you had upside down reading skills. Is that one of your superpowers? (laughs) Very big time. Yeah. So, all right. Number two, be objective. Absolutely. You do not want to editorialize Mm -hmm. because you may not know why that person did what they did and you see it as an observer. And you have no idea of what happened prior to that. And right. so you may misread it completely. You know, it's, a, it, it, it's like that, that old story about the guy sitting in the subway and the gentleman walks in and he's got his three kids and they're running around and they're doing all kinds of stuff, causing all kinds of trouble in the train. And the man is just looking down at the floor. He's not doing anything. And the other gentleman is sitting there thinking to himself, why aren't you disciplining your kids? They're being noisy. They're being obnoxious. They're knocking things down and everything. And comes to find out moral of the story is that person, they were just leaving the hospital and his wife died. And so that was a situation where if you don't know what happened and you just immediately see something and jump to a conclusion or make an assumption, then you may be misreading it entirely. And that difficult conversation, Craig, becomes even more difficult. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a real tough one. And you said something early on in that about I've observed, right? Stick to the facts of what you've seen. Yep. Yep. That's always your best way to start it. And then, you know, 
so that's what I've seen. That's what I've observed. That's what I've seen yeah. going on. What am I missing? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Don't, don't editorialize. You, 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 you did that in a lazy way. Lazy way is an editorialize. It's not an observation as opposed to saying, I see that when you did that, you, it, it you didn't do it on time. Right. You were behind schedule. That's seeing talking about what I observe as opposed to giving it a name such as you were lazy when you did that, you were careless. That's editorializing. You were stupid. Well, I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) Don't do stupid. All right. Next up, we open that door. What am I missing? Practice active listening. Once you've said what you have to say, what you've observed, practice active listening. Right. And active listening always starts with the mental thought, Mm -hmm. shut up and listen. Right. Because our natural instinct is if someone starts to get defensive, that we want to, oh, oh, no, 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 wait a minute. And we don't hear the full sentence. Or the other thing with active listening, too, is if someone's talking to you, they're asking you a question. And I've seen this in actual business presentations where somebody in the room will be asking the presenter a question and they're halfway through the question and the presenter just starts shaking their head no. And I just sit there sometimes thinking, you don't know what he's going to ask. Why are you shaking your head no or nodding your head? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've committed to an answer before that person has actually finished their question. That's bad active listening. Well, and the other two key parts for active listening is one, to actually listen, don't be rehearsing in your head what you're going to say next. Right. You may be a little slow to respond, but process what they're saying. Listen to everything before you respond. And then another key piece of active listening is to repeat back what you heard. All right, what I heard you saying was dot, 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 dot. Right. To, to make sure that your filter got it correct also. Correct. And going back to your last point too, is to when, when you're listening to somebody, not creating an answer in your mind, because if you do start to create an answer in your mind, you then can uh, be a victim of what we call information bias, where you commit yourself to an answer or a solution. If an employee is talking to you about a problem that they're having, and because you're the boss and you're in a hurry and you just want to give them a solution to show that you know what's going on and everything, you will then only hear that data that supports the answer that you have already predetermined that you're going to give them. And you may miss half of the entire conversation with other important information that contradicts your particular solution. And then you end up sending the employee off to implement a solution that won't work. Right. Yeah. But the one big thing with active listening is, and I recommend this to every executive that I coach, any leader, any training program that I conduct, is that if you want to be a good active listener, the number one thing is give the person who's talking to you eye contact. Look at them. Now, I'm not saying, you know, stare them down like a dog in an alley because people will start like, what are you doing? But give them eye contact so that they know that 100% of your focus is on them. Put everything else away. 
I think in some recent podcasts that we just did, we had some examples of people not providing good examples of active listening because someone comes into their office and they're continuing to type and they just look up occasionally go, yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, I'm listening. And they're, they're, they're multitasking. And let's face it, no one knows how to multitask well. So you're not listening. So stop what you're doing and give the person eye contact. All right. Part four of the five part frame. Boy, you were right. There is no good there's no good nothing. There is no good acronym for this. This is a complete, you got to suck it up and memorize <laughs> it. Part four, focus the conversation after active listening on solutions. Can't agree more. Can't, can't agree more with that. You don't want to focus on the problem. Focus on what are we going to do from here? And that will provide a solution, or I should say not provide, but it will include a solution. You yep. can't look in the rearview mirror and complain about what's happened, what got you to this current point. You've got to talk about what's the solution to move us forward, to keep progressing. And when that difficult conversation happens, if you're looking in the rearview mirror and you're giving you know people a play-by-play -play of what happened, as opposed to what should happen, that's when ill feelings come into place, which goes back to the topic of this podcast, which is that difficult conversation. You just make it more difficult if you get mired in the reason why we're here. Right. Don't talk about why we're here. Talk about what do we do to move forward? And that's your solution. We've gotten past the uncomfortable part, at least yeah. for a lot of us, the uncomfortable part, the confrontation part or conflict part. All right, we have a good understanding. We've done the active listening. I hear where you're coming from. All right, now, what are we going to do moving forward? How are we going to change? What's the way we're going to get this done? It was, you know, my favorite one was way back when I was a kid, Lou, and I worked at Burger King. It's a big time in my life. <laughs> and there's a way to do everything at Burger King. And I was smarter than the king on how to bag fries. And I had to have the difficult conversation. My boss had to have the difficult conversation with me. And Dan, that was his name. Anyway, we talked through it. I said what I why I did it that way. He said, I need you to do it this way. And God, you know what? It would actually was faster. So <laughs> that was the solution was to do it the way you're supposed to do it. But yeah, really take the time to say, all right, good. Now here's where we're at. We're not recriminations. This isn't right. like, let's kick you out the door. What are we going to do? How can I support you? Let's start figuring out the way to move forward. Yeah. So we focus on success after we've gotten through the tough conversation. Right. All right. And so, so what's our magic number five here, Greg? See, now you have to guess. See if you can think of what it is, Lou, <laughs> using this great fluid. You probably can't remember the four we've already covered because there's no way to remember them if, unless you're referring <laughs> back. However, number five is to include accountability as part of the conversation, not just yeah. the solution, but how I'm going to hold you accountable. Okay. And that's what's going to get done or what needs to be done. And when does it need to get done by? Yep. Yep. So we are going to check back in. Right. This isn't the end of the, the overall discussion. I want to check back in with you in a week. We're going to see how it's going. I'm going to be paying attention because a lot of time, you know, look, they hadn't stayed on me watching me make those French fries right. I could have just rolled right back to the Craig method. Still so, be still be working at Burger King doing it wrong. <laughs> Quick Burger King fun fact: the smell never really leaves the clothes. 
No, no, no. And I think that's every, I, not just Burger King, <laughs> McDonald's, Arby's, Subway. I mean, have you ever met someone after they've walked out of working at a sub shop all day? One would think, what kind of smell from, because there's no fryers in there, but you can smell the lettuce and the tomato. And and yeah, there, there are smells there too. All right. A nice diversion. However, bring <laughs> back, and I'll own it. I started it. You did. You you started it with the Burger King. But yeah, we're going back to the accountability. And, and again, this is where going back to the topic of difficult conversations, moving forward with the solution. When are you going to get this done? How are you going to fix this? And yeah. let's schedule a time, you know, in a week from now, tomorrow morning, if it's an if it's an urgent situation, and tell me where you're at. Let's just check in and see what progress is you've you've made. But not only what progress you made, but what resources might you need that we both of us didn't anticipate that you need. Yep. So that this way you are providing support as well. And that's accountability from the other side of the table, not just the accountability from the person who's going to be implementing the solution or improving their performance and things of that nature. Yeah. People perform against what's measured. Whatever you're paying attention to is what people are going I've, to do. I've heard that before. Where have I heard that before? I've probably said it in a prior podcast. would be my guest, Luke. So that's the framework. So the framework overall for us trying to get it and see, even though I came up with this, I double check and look is one, be timely, right. two, be objective, practice active listening, focus on solutions and include accountability. And when you follow that framework, now you have something to go through. The conversations aren't awkward. You're not accusing, you're listening, you're observing, you're practicing the active listening and then following through on everything that's going on. So exactly. Hopefully, no, no, I, I think I think every, every 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 leader has difficult conversations every single day and right. they they need a roadmap. Yeah. And it's 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 a way to it, these conversations are so important because when you're having them, it really sets the tone and tenor for your organization. You know, we've talked so much about leadership empathy and, and setting these examples and employee engagement. People want to know when they're doing things wrong. Right. They don't want you just kind of sitting in the background and then, you know, your favorite, right? I've watched you do these things wrong. I'm cataloging them over time. And oh, wait, it's November. Yeah. Here's your review, review time. Boom. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen many people walk out of an annual review with a smile on their face because it's just like there's a file drawer with your name on it. And throughout the entire year, all that supervisor does is just takes and dumps bad things that you've done. And there's not a lot of discussion on how do we improve? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. build that into your culture, make these conversations an integral part of what you're doing. And really, once you get good at them and you've practiced the methodology, right. it doesn't feel so intimidating anymore. And you really, people, and when you do it in the right spirit, people understand we're all here trying to move the business forward for the success, the success of all of us. Yeah, it's 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 like that interview that we did with Croft Edwards on his book, uh, Perfectly Square, where he talked about there's effective conversations, there's ineffective conversations, and there are missing conversations. Many times that difficult conversation becomes a missing conversation because the leader doesn't want to have that conversation. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, Lou, 
What is your key takeaway today? My key takeaway is whatever you do as a leader, don't make a difficult conversation even more difficult by avoiding it or rehashing it. So I, I like the catch them on time and make sure you're objective. That, that's what you need to do to really have that good conversation from what could have been a very difficult conversation. Catch them in the moment, just like a football coach. Football coach doesn't go through the entire game and sit there and take notes. And then when you get to, you know, Monday and Tuesday and you're in the film room and you're watching films, all of a sudden the coach tells you what you did bad. Just watch any football game. The coach immediately goes right up to that player and says, here's what you did wrong. This is what you need to do to change in order to get better. That's the way we need to be as leaders. It needs to be timely and it's got to be, this is what I saw happen, not what I thought think happened, but actually what I saw happen. That's my key takeaway. And my key takeaway is if you reverse it, when you catch people doing something good, a lot of these principles apply. Being timely, you know, being, making the observing statement, practice active listening when they're talking about how they felt doing it. These things apply. It's just as important to have those reinforcing positive conversations, which you might not think to do, as it is to have these challenging conversations. Look at you being Mr. The Glasses Half Full today. Ah, <laughs> I never really thought there was that much water in the glass to begin with. <laughs> so, so, all right. Anyway, well, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership with how to have a difficult conversation. I believe that Craig and I gave you five ways that you can make those conversations even better than what they may have been if you just let it linger. What did you always say, Craig? You had a boss that told you that problems don't age well. Problems do not age well. No. Problems do not age well. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, Every Thursday, we launch a new podcast and you can get us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and also our website, which is qaleadership.com. And in addition to that, we are available on all of your major podcast platforms. So do do us a favor, take and go to your major podcast platform, whatever platform you use, and give us a note, give us some feedback, give us a rating, because that's how people find us. So until next time, keep your hands washed, keep your distance. I'm Lou Quinto. I'm Craig Anderson. 